Take the first step to invest in your future. Explore SP Jane's 18-month part-time executive MBA designed for busy working professionals like you. To know more about the program, the scholarships we offer, and about our October 2019 intake, visit www.svjane.sg/emba. Because leader support is very difficult for you to implement any technology, even though that technology is looks so fancy, looks very useful. Without the leadership, well. It takes you like forever to really implement technology, so I believe that leadership is very crucial here. I believe as an educational technology coach, you need to build your empathy to people. You need to learn, understand how they use technology to solve problems. What is their context? What is their contextual problems they are facing right now, and how technology can help solving the problem. Welcome to the Leaders of Learning podcast. I'm your host, Ling Ling. The Leaders of Learning podcast is a show that explores learning in the 21st century with educators, leaders, and entrepreneurs from around the world. Check out our website on www.leadersoflearning.asia. You can also follow us on our social media on Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. With a quick search online, you'll find an overwhelming number of mobile apps and software that support learning and education. According to Business Wire, the global online education market stands at $159 billion in 2018, and it is expected to grow to $238 billion in the year 2023. That is a lot of investment going into education technology. However, there is a growing body of research that suggests certain skills cannot be taught with technology, such as communication, leadership, and so forth. How do we know whether the technology we are using helps us to upgrade our skills, or is technology merely a shiny gadget that distracts us from our goals? Joining us is Steven Sutantro, a multi-award education technology coach with international certifications from Google, Apple, National Geographic, and many more. Specializing in managing educational technology, professional development, and change management, he is currently the lead tech at Tech Transform Coach, whose mission is to catalyze digital transformation in corporate, university, and schools. Welcome, Stephen. Hi, everyone. This is Stephen Tatanjo. Welcome to the show. Can you please share with our listeners a bit about yourself and how you became a an education technology coach? That is a really new job role to me. I've not heard of it before. All right. Okay, everyone. My name is Stephen Tatanjo. I'm from Jakarta, Indonesia. I spent like two years as a educational technology coach right now, and currently I'm. Serving as full-time educational technology coach in Revo Indonesia. If I can tell you, I start my journey in 2013 when I start online courses in Coursera. At that time, I'm very passionate about technology and education at the same time. But there's no strong educational technology program in my country, so I decided to pursue massive open online course about educational technology. Start from that moment, I start implementing them in my classroom. 
By the way, I was a teacher for seven years before that. And it's very, very exciting time when I can implement what I have learned in my classroom and share everything in my blog. And right now, I'm very excited to announce that I have like a full-time job as a, as a coach because of the courses that I took in 2013. What is an EdTech coach? It's something completely new to me too. Can you explain what it's like to be an EdTech coach and what do you do in your day-to-day? So for me, like educational technology coach is an early adopter of technology, a person who champions the use of technology for learning, definitely. And I believe a day-to-day life is very, very dynamic and exciting because you can never expect what to happen in, the, in your day-to-day life because technology is very fast changing, right? So right. as you can see, we learn new technology, even like everyday technology is growing. But I think like the day-to-day life will be like you learn something. You always need to constantly learn something new every day. Uh, my day in the morning, I read news about what kind of technology that's coming in this today and what kind of educational issue that we have right now. And after that, in the afternoon, I usually spend my time to do educational technology coaching, which take very, very different and various forms, such as like I can have like full day training session, informal training workshop session, or not only that, sometimes I spend my time to talking to persons, talking to teachers, talking to leaders, how they can transform the institution using technology. It goes beyond just formal training session because I believe as an educational technology coach, you need to build your empathy, understand how they use technology to solve problems, what is the contextual problems they are facing right now, and how technology can help solving the problem. So that's how I spend my day-to-day, like meeting a lot of new people, meeting, reading news, and also like do a training technology session. Oh, thank you so much for sharing what your day-to-day life is like. And you talk a lot about technology. Is there a certain kind of technology you use? Because technology can be so wide-ranging. It could be as simple as using your laptop or something fancy like AR or VR or even fancier like blockchain. So what kind of technology you use? And can you share an example on how you use it with your clients or in a learning setting? Yeah, yeah. Although I'm a strong believer in various technology platform, I'm kind of like selective persons when you use technology. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the most effective, efficient, productive, and simple technology that I can use for learning. So, for example, I can show you like G Suite is definitely one of my uh, biggest favorite uh, tools for me itself because I can use it for sharing documents, collaborate with my students, and it is it work perfectly in any device, even like mobile phone, laptop, mm-hmm. and it has been like changing my life a lot because as a, as a classroom teacher, even a trainer, I can easily create a paperless classroom and collecting feedback and assessment. It's something really bring my work online and totally change my life to be more efficient and paperless. Wow. Wow. It sounds like G Suite can do a lot of stuff. Is that the only platform that you use in your work? Other thing, I use my iPad and it's like more about creation tools. iPad is a cool uh, technology because I can draw a sketch note and also I can create music. I can create digital photo editing and sketch note and drawings. See, I mean, like I use that platform a lot because it's very, very productive for me. It sounds like... 
in your process to become an edtech coach, you relied a lot on online learning tools. Do you really believe that technology alone can enhance the learning experience or do we use it to complement with what we currently have? Is it effective? Well, based on my educational technology coaching experience, I don't believe technology alone will totally change learning experience. I, from my experiences, I have seen a lot of shiny and expensive technology has been put in the storage room because, you know, technology alone will not succeed without definitely number one is strong leadership vision from people who use technology. Number two, if there's not enough training or professional development who can support people to use technology, I think technology will go very, very useless itself because it's just a machine. You have to use it for solving a problem. So if you want to use technology to maximize learning experience, definitely you need to have like continuous support from the leaders, from your peers, and also like a constant life learning skills and passions that you need to instill in yourself because technology alone will not change everything. You need to work on the technology. It's, I believe that like technology is not a noun, it's a verb. So you, you need to work on something. Right. Let's say if you have a client that approach you with a problem, how do you decide what kind of technology to use to help that client when it comes to their learning? All right. First thing first, I really spend my time to build an empathy skills with my client because it's very important to understand the problem from their perspective, not my own perspective. For example, like when I talk to the teachers or school leaders, I try to dig deeper. What is the cause of the problem? For example, when the school said, hey, my, it's very difficult to arrange a student's assignment, teacher's lesson plan submission. So I realized what caused that, what is the problem here? And after that, discuss together to set specific and customized goals and objective and visions we want to achieve together. It's not me, it's not him, but we want to work together, how we can solve it. So we set a clear objective, clear goals for us. And after our, we set everything by very, very specific. We want to also start small by starting a learning journey together. For example, they can spend time together for me to talk, to share, to practice. And after that, we design a bigger strategy, how we can replicate what we have learned together in leadership development by recruiting champions or early adapters in schools who can test the technology, whether the technology is really solving the problem. Because every institution is very unique, right? We cannot just put technology in any institution. Sometimes it doesn't work in this kind of environment, in this their culture. So we need to test and evaluate and reflect. So after we're testing it, then we replicate and it'll come back. It's something like a cycle process. You cannot just like do it, bring the technology alone. It's like a really long time process for us. Right. It's interesting you brought up that certain organizations or certain companies are able to implement technology while other companies may not be. Do you see a pattern between what kind of companies are more ready to accept technologies and what kind of companies are not so ready to accept technology? From my experience, a lot of like uh, startup right now, millennials, more, you know, young people are more ready mm -hmm. because it's not about the industry, uh, it's not about the 
subject of the industry or the mark about the top, the this industry itself it's about who actually lead the the industry who lead the the business itself if mm-hmm. they have like millennials or even like old people or say very senior people who really open minded they are more actually they are more ready compared to uh, like probably like very obvious uh, i have seen like a lot of industry who actually need technology but unfortunately they have like old mindset human resources who cannot accept the change itself that's very interesting because in my mindset the companies that are not ready to accept technology might be the companies that do not have the right infrastructure so it's interesting you brought out that the readiness of a company relies on the readiness of their leaders to implement this technological vision because it sounds like what you do with edtech coaching is that you help companies change the way they do things from being manual to being more automated to being more efficient using technology is that what you do or do you use that technology in order to teach certain skills for the company as well and if so what kind of skills so i do both basically I do talk with the company to solve problems. It's kind of like consulting thing. So basically, customize the experience, how they can use technology to transform their company, the way they're working, the way they learn. But at the same time, I also do a, a training session where I lead a workshop session where where there's a special need for that. So I usually believe like a lot of technology platform currently are benefit people to provide simulated learning experience. That will be amazing stuff we can do together with the company and obviously save a lot of time and improve efficiency and productivity in the company. As an independent podcaster, I've dedicated hours and sweat to bring to you great content on professional and organizational development. With this, I'm ever so grateful to be supported to keep the podcast show running. Let's take a break and hear from our partners. Have you been contemplating whether an executive MBA is the right career strategy to achieve your professional goals? Well, it's time you made that shift from being an individual contributor to a forward-looking leader. Go beyond domain knowledge and functional expertise to claim your leadership position. Start by exploring the 18-month part-time executive MBA at SP Jane School of Global Management. The SP Jane EMBA is designed to enable senior professionals like you acquire strategic business and leadership skills. It's part-time and flexible structure allows learning without interrupting your career. Study with highly accomplished and like-minded peers from diverse backgrounds and graduate with a globally recognized Australian degree. Want to know more? Visit www.spjane.sg EMBA to start shaping your future today. Let's get back to the show. So you mentioned things about leadership development before this and helping to transform companies to be more uh, technological advanced. Do you see in your line of work, are there certain skills that are not suitable for uh, using technology, but rather it's better if they do it the traditional way in the classroom way? Or can all skills benefit from using technology? What do you think about that? Well, I do still realize that technology won't be the answer of all problems. Sometimes I believe there are certain set of skills we cannot instill with technology. For example, like a compassion skill is something that you cannot just talk. I know right now we have video call or chatting apps everywhere, but I don't think compassion can be shown or can be really maximized using that online technology. It's something that you need to really definitely do it using a first-hand experience. 
So whenever, you, for example, when you want to show compassion, you need to come to person, you need to hug, you need to talk to them, you need to have like an eye contact. It's something that cannot be replaced with technology. It's something that you learn by doing a first-hand experience. The second skill set that I believe are very difficult to be taught using technology is like contextual human interactions. For example, when you go to a field trip, it's very difficult. I know there's right now a lot of uh, technology apps are bringing you the immersive learning experience with um, a lot of amazing technology there. But the thing is, I think the first-hand experience where people can over like contextual human experience is cannot be replaced. When you visit a country, learn the culture, you need to have somebody who have contextual perspective, who can show you, who can critically judge and review based on the human emotion. It's something that you need to definitely experience by yourself. While technology there will be just a supporting tool, but you need to really use your own physical experience. It sounds like skills that require human-to-human kind of skills, as well as contextual skills, are not so great to teach via technology alone. But rather, if technology were to be involved, it'll be complementary, it'll be secondary to the actual experience itself. Let's say if I am a trainer and I'm interested in adopting technology for my company, what are the things I need to consider before I sign up to like a technological platform? Number one is definitely leadership support. It's definitely mm-hmm. it's very important for you to have support from the executive people who, who understand what you want to achieve, what they want to align with their goals and visions. That's number one thing that you need to talk with the leaders itself. Mm-hmm. Because without leader support, it's very difficult for you to implement any technology, even though that technology is looks so fancy, looks very useful. Without the leadership, well, it takes you like forever to really implement technology. So I believe like leadership is very crucial here. Another type of support that you will need is definitely a leader or a core a core IT support and also like an early adopter who can set an example for all of the members who can inspire people to learn technology to start the change in your in your organization. So after the leader, you need to build like, I can call it like a champions team where you can build a team who can support you, who can continuously be there to implement, to spread out the innovation and to bring technology to the next level in your organization. Oh, wow. So the two things you need is one, leadership support and make sure you have a group of champions to ensure that everyone in the organization is ready to accept this technology. Exactly. It sounds a little bit like change management, isn't it? It's not just implementing a new program or platform in your company, but rather managing the people around this and the people and processes around adopting this new technology. Yes, technology change every day, right? And people also change every day. So we need to really customize what they need with the technology that we have right now. If we don't update ourselves, if we don't have like strong leadership support, if we don't have human aspect in there, well, the technology alone will be get easily obsolete, right? And it's not relevant for them. So I believe like relevancy is the most important things when you want to implement technology. That's why we need people involved in there. 
I know you speak to a lot of people in implementing the technologies within the company or within whatever training programs, but I'm sure you come across people who are very resistant in adopting technology. What do you see are the common reasons why people are resistant to adopting technology? Number one will be the mindset. I can mm-hmm. see like a lot of people still have like fixed mindset where they have like, where they don't want to learn something new, where they are very close in using technology, when they believe like, hey, they are already in the comfort zone, they don't need to learn anything new at all. So I think that's number one reasons why they are becoming very, very resistant. And to change that mindset will be not e- that easy. And the second issues here that cause them resistance is the lack of the support of the leaders and the environment. We want to implement technology. We need some uh, leaders who have strong vision, who have clear performance indicator, who want to know know clearly the objective. If they don't have the leader who set them example, if they don't have like a mentor, IT support who continues to support them to use technology, it will be super challenging for them to try to go out their comfort zone to learn something new. So that kind of problems that I face when I met a lot of resistant people using technology. Indeed. Back in my day when I also was doing a learning and development, there are these kinds of colleagues of mine who are resistant to learning a new technology or learning a new process exactly for the same reasons, because the mindset is fixed, they're in a comfort zone, and there's this great fear that if they learn something new, everything that they've learned before will become obsolete. And that's where they've put in a lot of time and effort to learn also. So there's that sense of losing the sense of identity where I've become an expert, but what I've become an expert in is no longer relevant. Totally correct. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, definitely. And Stephen, you are the first guest I've got from Indonesia. So I'm really, really happy to have you on the show. And coming from Indonesia, a country with over 206 million people, did I get that correct? Yeah, totally correct. I think it keeps growing right now. It's getting like 2040 or 2050 million. Oh my goodness, that's a lot. (laughs) A lot of people in Indonesia. I know it's one of the most uh, densest or highly populated nations in the world. Uh, What do you foresee is the future of education technology in Indonesia? Wow, I can say to you like Indonesia is in amazing time right now in educational technology. As you can see, with the rise of mobile phone user, not only mobile phone right now, we call it smartphone user right now. I think we yeah. almost have like more than 90% of users. Can you imagine that? Uh, wow. 50 million. A lot of people are now have smartphone and you can see a lot of potential can be there. And we use mobile phone to solve our daily life, daily life problems. And one of the biggest problems that we have, in, especially in Jakarta, Indonesia, is traffic and traffic jam, which is like uh, right now we have a lot of people are developing new apps to solve that problems, to save time, to improve efficiency, to increase productivity. Believe like educational technology. There are a lot of technology apps out there who are currently being developed to support people, to give like a lot of opportunity for people because we are one of the biggest archipelago country in the world, in sea, ocean, and it's very difficult for people to access the same quality of resource. So inequality will be our, is our biggest problem. And right now we, I have seen a lot of apps can be downloaded in anywhere in Indonesia and they can access same quality learning. They can access a lot of amazing apps that can be accessed in the capital city. So right now, 
we are trying to address the inequality problems using the app itself. And I'm very positive everyone in, are growing together to solve the problem. It's uh, interesting that you brought up the issue of inequality in Indonesia and thinking about the future of education technology in Indonesia and the smartphone penetration in your country, it seems like technology itself will bring about greater equality in terms of access to education in Indonesia and people in all the archipelago of this massively great country of yours of Indonesia. That's totally true. It's a very exciting time right now. <laughs> with the way trends are going and with us being attached to our mobile phones 24-7, it is you know, inevitable that technology will be in our every step of the way. So let's say we have you know, a fellow countryman who has received a mobile phone for the first time. What kind of support do they need in order to transition from learning in the classroom to learning using their mobile phones or their smartphones in technology? What kind of support do you think they need? I think number one support when they receive a mobile phone or smartphone itself, they need to have somebody who guide them. For example, actually I have my mom who tries smartphone uh, for the first time recently and it's quite a really life-changing experience for her because, because for her it's very difficult because it's something new. It's something that they never used before. So I think the, it's very important to have a person who can coach them, a person who can be there, a person who can continuously like telling the solution of the problem they have. I think, I know the smartphone is uh, spread everywhere, but I think we have lack of support, lack of people who really tell them how to use it properly, how to maximize them properly. Yes, they have a smartphone, but the problem is they still use it just for chatting, just for calling. That's it. Or they never use it for the full potential. In fact, a lot of great, amazing apps in App Store, Play Store there who they can use directly and transform the way they live, transform the way they work, transform the way they connect with each other. I think it's very important to, at the same time to have somebody who support them. Last time, I just have a training session with a group of uh, parents, millennial parents who feel like, oh my God, we cannot catch up with the fast technology anymore because they feel like the, their children are using technology more than they, they are using <laughs> it. So they asked me, hey, Stephen, you should uh, do more training for more parents who want to catch up because they fully realize that there's still, there's a greater need for a website or, you know, a blog or a community or a local group who can constantly update them with the the do and don'ts of it of technology and the great tips and tricks how to hack with, or not hack for the negative yeah hack for positive use of technology so they can maximize what they have so that's mm -hmm. it yeah it sounds like that's where one of the greatest learning opportunities are in Indonesia is to support people adopting new technology and use it to their maximum potential just the other day I was speaking to one of my colleagues and she was actually telling me that she used Slack and I use Slack, but I didn't realize you can make phone calls by Slack. And I'm like, but I use it every day and I didn't know. <laughs> Unless somebody tells me that an app that I use every day can do other things, I wouldn't have known it. So you're right. It's a matter of, you know, coming up with conversations, getting communities to talk about it and share with each other and to support each other in the transition from what we're used to in the non-tech world to become more tech savvy. Yeah, that's what I do. That's why I jumped to this industry. As I told you before, there are super great needs right now. 
in technology. With the fast growing of technology, I believe that they should have fast growing of educational technology coach profession as well. It's supposed yeah. to be like that. Do you see a lot of other people doing what you do in Indonesia? Uh, there are some people who are doing it, but I think in different, many different ways. Like for example, they are usually in Indonesia, they have like uh, special technology expertise. For mm-hmm. example, there I have met with Apple certified trainer who especially you train for trainer. And I also have somebody who focus on the other product about coding and all the, I think there are more and more people who are working in educational technology right now, but they use very, very different platform. Right. Because the ones that I know of, they are trained in a particular platform or programming, and that's where they focus on. But to me, your sound pretty general across. You focus on what are the needs of the organization or the client and therefore make suggestions based on what can fulfill those needs best. That's true. I'm a strong believer of, you know, we cannot just rely on one technology. We cannot just blindly love one technology. We just need to use the technology that work and most relevant for us. Yeah, that's right. Not everything is a cookie cutter approach. Everyone has different needs and different problems and therefore require a different solution. Totally agree. Do you have any parting advice for our listeners about adopting technology for education and, and so on? Well, I think exploring technology and education is an endless journey. Change happens every day. And, you know, educational technology is, I believe, is not a noun. It's a verb for me because <laughs> it's something that you cannot just see that as an object. You can, you have to see them as a, a verb. You need to do some actions to make it more exciting and make it more relevant for you because I do believe it's something that you need to master right now through reading extensive experience and networking. It's impossible to just seeing educational technology as a noun because it's an actions that you need to do every day now to catch up with the fast growing of technology. So keep learning, stay, stay inspiring people. I like your quote, technology is not a noun, it's a verb. Yeah, I do agree. <laughs> so if our listeners would like to find you, how can they find you? Well, uh, they can reach me out through tweet, my Twitter at Stephen underscore Sutantro. And they can also find me on my LinkedIn, Stephen Sutantro. And they can also see my website in www.edutechers.com. And they can email me at Stephen at RefoIndonesia.com. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Stephen. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you for the opportunity. It's a really great privilege for me to be here. That was Steven Sutantro, a multi-award educational technology coach with international certifications from Google, Apple, National Geographic, and many more. We just spoke about adapting and adopting education technology. In the next episode, we speak to Marie Nadal Sharma. She is the founder of Them, You and Me, a digital marketing agency with a mission to demystify digital marketing, making technology more approachable. We will talk about bringing social connections offline. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, or wherever you download your podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. 
If you believe this podcast show will help a friend or family, please share this episode with them via social media or your podcast app. I'm your host, Ling Ling. Thank you for listening to the Leaders of Learning podcast. Thank you.